This is the Truth Network. Hidden treasures of the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Oh, the mysteries of the Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 7. We get to dig around in those mysteries today. Pretty spectacular, depending on how you want to interpret this. But I've always been intrigued by it, and I feel better about it this morning than I ever have. I really, really love it. Um, I think it's not well translated in the King James Version, but nonetheless, I'll read it to you so that it'll be familiar to you. <laughs> in English, it is reads, again, Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 7. I charge ye, I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up nor awake my love till he please. Now that's King James. In the new King James, they don't take and use the word he. And <laughs> we're going to get a lot into that maybe by the end of this. But I, I just think it's interesting. In fact, I actually love um, the different takes that different great commentators have on this verse. It's just really, really you know, the Jewish point of view, the Rashi is the great, you know, Jewish commentary. He's kind of like the Matthew Henry of of um, the, the Torah, so to speak, um, that the Jews rely on. And, and he has great insights and an understanding of Hebrew that I would imagine is way beyond anything anybody has. But anyway, how he interpreted from a very Jewish perspective <laughs> is he said, and I don't know where he gets it. But he says that the daughters of Jerusalem, in this case, are the nations. And the, that sent, essentially the way he interpreted it is, look, nations, you're going to get um, devoured like the rose and the hinds of the field. In other words, those are the animals that every other animal preys on. <laughs> if you, um, in other words, stir us up or try to do anything to keep us from loving our Lord. It's a fascinating way to interpret it. Uh, I never would have thought of that. I don't know where they he could come up with that based on, oh, ye daughters of Jerusalem, because if these are literally daughters of peace, you know, how would that necessarily be the nation? So I, I'm, I'm not with Rashi on that one, but that is his interpretation and something to think about. And, of course, he mentions that that, that word to awaken or stir up, which is actually – almost exactly the same word repeated twice is the same thing as to invoke, like to, to get somebody to go to war with you. So, you know, that's, that's another way to interpret it. I, I actually love Matthew Henry's interpretation. I don't necessarily agree with it, but his interpretation is, you know, now that you have been comforted by Jesus, right? Cause his right, his left hand is under me and his right hand embraces me. Don't be, sinning that, right, don't stir up, because that I, that word that is to stir up is the same word as an eagle stirs up her nest. And so Matthew Henry goes with the idea of that by our sin, you know, that we kind of chase off Jesus because he won't hang around long, you know, if we're not hanging out with him. And to some extent, I, I would go along with that, okay? But I I have a completely different sense of it the more I have studied this and the more I've thought about it. Now, when you look at the word rose and hinds, there's a lot of things that you could look at as far as the way those those words are in Hebrew, but I think it's a little simpler than that because he says of the field. 
And so he's talking clearly about the animals because he says they're of the field, or they may be of the plain would probably be a better way to write that. But in, in other words, here you got these animals. Now, the thing about both being a hunter, I will tell you that these both these animals, they have a certain time when they mate. It's called the rut. And they are not going to engage in love unless it's going to be fruitful. <laughs> in other words, when they when they go about doing it, it's during the rut, and that's the only time that they will do that. And at that point in time, the idea is that they're going to have baby um, hinds <laughs> and baby rows. You know, that's the idea of when they are engaged like that. And and clearly. You know, the interesting other thing about the I love, if you look at the Hebrew of it, is the word is the word love, because here she doesn't call him my love like don't awaken my love would be Dalit Vav Dalit. If I was saying don't awaken my love, I would have said it. She would have said it the way she used that word throughout the rest of it. Don't awaken my Dalit Vav Dalit. But that isn't what she says. And by the word, the word my is not even in Hebrew. And so it really should read nor awake love. And that word love is the ahab love, the actual Hebrew word that most people consider love. And so it's kind of a neat thing from my standpoint is clearly, from my perspective, the idea is we don't want to awake love unless it's going to be fruitful. And then the other thing that's interesting about looking at it in Hebrew is it does not say he please at all. It says she. Okay, <laughs> it's it's the prefixes that are that are being used there is a tav, and a tav prefix means she, not he. And so, you know, I understand why they translated it he because they're saying that the love is the one that we're not waking up. But what you're really talking about is the love that we have. In other words. <laughs> think from my perspective Jesus is always pleased to love on us okay our problem is is that we fake it I mean that's basically the the issue in other words if we go about worshiping in a in a fake way or if we go to God hoping to accomplish something without actually it being in a purpose to bear good fruit, then we're messing up bad. And that's the reason why this word charges has more to do with the word adore, which is, it's really a strong word in Hebrew. It's like, there's going to be a curse if you don't do this. Okay. And so, you know, when they, when she starts out saying, I'm charging you, she is saying something very strong. And so, you know, again, my take on the verse, um, as I process it in my own mind is, look, I'm telling you, you're going to be cursed if you don't think about the rows and the hearts of the field, how they have a time where they unite in love in order to bear fruit. And nobody's faking it, okay? In other words, it, it, if, if, if a male um, deer goes up against a female deer and she's not in season, it ain't happening. I mean, just it won't happen. And so she's she's giving them the example of something that's in nature to just set this way. And by the same token, it's her that's the issue, okay? Unless she's in season, that the, the, the whole thing's useless, okay? Well, we're the ones that need to be in season. Jesus is always in, I mean, Jesus is is always ready to love on us. 
The real problem is we're not always ready to receive it. <laughs> and so, unfortunately, we go to church sometimes or, or we are in prayer and we're faking it. And, 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 and you know, here's the, there's a curse if you do that because the whole world sees that you're faking it and, and it's just bad fruit all over the place, okay? And so, you know, I prayed a lot about this. I asked for wisdom a great deal. And about, you know, actually how when we're worshiping God, what does this look like to fake it? And so I came up with a story that I may have said before and maybe the 119th Psalm or whatever, but it's one of those stories that is always stuck in my mind of when I was literally faking it, even though I didn't think I was faking it at the time I went to do it. So what happened is, you know, I'm a baby Christian at this point in time, probably have been in Christ three or four years and really thought that, you know, I was pretty proud that I was really making spiritual progress here. <laughs> you know, that's what happens when you get in the Bible, you start studying, the next thing you know, you think you know something. Well, <laughs> it's just like, I think I know something about this verse. I have an interpretation for it today for me, but I actually may not have a clue, okay? And I understand that. But here's what it means to me right now is that, 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 that we want to go wholehearted into this deal. But wholehearted is in trying to please Christ, not trying to please ourselves. And here's what that looks like. So my wife had done whatever, and I cannot remember for the life of me what she did that made me so mad. And obviously she must have said some things because I remember what I said to God. I went downstairs where I normally get my closet, so to speak, in this particular house. I don't live there anymore. But there was a place that I went when I would go to pray. And I went there because she made me so mad. And when I got in there... Rather than, <laughs> you know, consider what Jesus thought, I just went right after it. Like, are you hearing this, Jesus? Are you aware of what's going on? I mean, are you just going to stand there? You know, and again, I, I am I'm literally in, in, in this warfare um, screaming at, at the Lord. And, and I'm like, you need to do something now. Praise God, he didn't flee like Matthew Henry would describe because I was definitely faking it. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just grabbed me and said, really? Do you, do you want me to <laughs> give her what she deserves? <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't, don't do that, don't do that. And I went from, you know, this... this <laughs> you know, whatever, somebody was wishing bad on my daggum wife, you know, obviously not in a position to bear fruit and good fruit and whatsoever to a position to go, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, God. And, and the point is, is that unless you do it in for Jesus's sake, you know, when we ask for things in Jesus's name, you know, what's Jesus, you know, why, why are we going to do this to bear good fruit, right? That's whether we're in prayer or whether we're in worship or whether we're in study, the whole idea is to bear fruit for the kingdom, something that that, that is going to um, be good fruit. And so, you know, I, I there's a couple other, you know, one thing that, that I love, and again, this whole thing, I feel like we're in search of statutes, okay? And you might remember at the end of the Yud section, the 80th verse in the 119th Psalm, it says, let my heart be sound in your statutes that I be not ashamed. And the way that I feel about that right this minute is in Jeremiah, you remember 31, where it says that the Lord is going to do a new thing, the bride encircles the groom. In other words, as a bride of Jesus, 
when we are absolutely delighting in him, because again, I would not say that, I would not translate that word please at the end because it, it has different connotations to me. I would say do not arouse in love until she is delighted, okay? So delighted that I'm willing to do those circles around Christ trying to bring down the walls of his heart that, that he can trust me, okay? <laughs> And, and, and so delighted in what he's going to do, not what I'm going to do. So delighted in what's really going on and so wholehearted that now I've got his, his, his left hand is underneath my head, his right hand is embracing me. And I'm telling you, it, it would be an absolute curse if, if we didn't now want him to be delighted, right? And, and, and we wouldn't, didn't want him to bear fruit. I mean, this is the idea. <laughs> and so... You know, the rows and the hinds of the field have it. They, don't, they do not engage in love unless they're going to bear fruit. And so let's not fake it. Let's keep on going on. I know I went a little long, but it's a very intriguing verse. And I hope that you'll just look at it. It's just Song of Song, chapter 2, verse 7. I, I've wondered about it for years. And, and now I love it more than ever. 